What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Thursday, April 12th. You guys are listening to episode number 58. I can't believe how many of these damn things I got under my belt already, but um, that's the show number, ladies and gentlemen, number 58, and the only sports figure I could think who had 58 off the top of my head is Carl Banks of the New York Giants back in the day. Um, but I have a awesome show for you tonight. Again, I will have a guest next week, uh, April 19th. I will have uh, Danny LaBelle, and then I go out to uh, California. So I don't know if I'm going to be doing the podcast show from out in California with somebody yet or not. Um, actually, I'm probably not going to. I'm probably going to do it before I leave, and then when I get back, do it when I get back. So uh, we'll have a guest next week. We will be doing it from um, probably New York City somewhere, and uh, Danny's funny, so it should be a good show. But today, um, I have another good show for you guys, and I'm going to be talking about the new club that I'm going to be working at uh, tonight, where I was last week. It's going to be where I'm headlining in May, uh, May 17th, which is Levity Live. I want to get to that. Last weekend, I was off. I was not performing, and uh, like a typical comedian, getting the itch when you're not off stage. So what I did was I said, uh, you know, I had a show. I believe I had a show earlier in the week, and my weekend was off which was not good enough for me, um, especially considering that I'm doing and writing a bunch of new material. I want to get it out there. So uh, Levity Live, the beautiful new comedy club, was uh, just awesome as always and said, come down anytime, man. Come down anytime you want to work stuff out. So I went down there and it was uh, the headliner was uh, Steve uh, Ranazizi, I believe, from the show from FX's show The League. He was um, he was closing the show. Joe Matarese was um, doing a spot before him, and the host was uh, Chris Lamberth, um, the young up and coming Chris Lamberth from the Maryland, Washington D.C. area. Shout out to all those guys. Um, it was a great time. I went there and I got to do you know eight eight minutes. Um, place was over three hundred people or around three hundred people. They were telling me. Um, which was awesome to just go in there and, and work on the new stuff. Some of the new jokes are really hitting hard. And it was kind of like a preview for some people because I'm going to be there um, closing on May 17th. So I get to this place just so you guys know. And I'm really not saying it because they're, they're great to me. Truly is one of the best new clubs that I've seen in the country. I mean that. But the food is ridiculous. The food at this place. Now... My grandmother came to this country from Sicily. She was, I believe she was 10 years old. She couldn't speak a lick of English, okay? She made the best, best meatballs I ever had. Maybe it's because they were what I'm used to. Maybe it's because she was my grandmother and I was just like, you know, her ingredients were something that we always had from little. But I swear to you, the meatballs were incredible. And I go to Levity Live and I guess they have a chef there that has award-winning meatballs, and folks, I tasted the meatballs at this place, and I swear to you, it was the closest thing to my grandmother's meatballs, it was scary similar, okay, it was so good that I ordered a salad for dinner there, because I'm on this fucking diet, which is killing me, but I'll get to that later, because uh, my wife is still bringing home fucking jelly beans and, and barbecue potato chips, um, which I still think is on purpose, but anyway, so... I get to this place and I'm eating my salad and I say, you know something, I just got to have a meatball if I'm here. If I'm here at this club, I got to have a meatball. 
So I go up there and they just literally plopped a meatball in this little saucer. And they were like, that's all you want? And they're so professional and so good there. Like, they felt bad that they were just giving me one meatball on a plate. But they put the meatball in the thing. They put some sauce on it. They sprinkle it with a little grated cheese. And they even put a little garnish on it. Uh, anyway, it was ridiculous. It was so good. And uh, it was a great time. We all had a great time. We all had good sets. And it was it was really fun considering. Um, and my buddy James Goff, who you guys heard on the show, uh, comedian James Goff, was with me. Um, he was off as well and he just wanted to kind of hang out and see the new club and I introduced him to the people and everything and then we were going to plan to go to the movies afterwards. Now, um, Matt Arisa says I was all acting up and acting crazy because I had two sugar-free Red Bulls. Uh, I don't think so. I think I was acting completely normal. I've had sugar-free Red Bulls before, but... You know, maybe I was just talkative because I was in a good mood. They say it was because of the Red Bull. I don't think so. But anyway, so the show's over at um, whatever time it was. I guess we were all done and good to go around like 10-something. And we wanted to see a movie. Now, the only movies that we could see would have been 21 Jump Street, which James and Matt Arise had already seen but liked. And the other movie was this movie, Raid, which is a little later. But Matt Arise couldn't do it because he's got a three-week-old baby girl at home and his wife will kill him if he goes to a late movie. So... Uh, I wanted to see Raid. I had no desire to see 21 Jump Street. Okay, I even tweeted about it um, because I just feel like it's just silly. Channing Tatum and, and Jonah Hill. Really something that I had no interest in seeing. But James said it was really funny. Matt Arise said it was really funny. And time-wise, uh, you know, I had to do it. So I did it. And um, we all go there. Uh, actually, all of us. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Steve didn't go. Uh, Chris... Chris Lambert, Joe Matarese, myself, and James Goff go to uh, the movies. And uh, Chris was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go. And all of a sudden, he did the thing where he's like, well, what movie are you guys seeing? And he's like, fuck it, I'll go. So uh, me and Chris had not seen 21 Jump Street. Those two did. Now, something uh, happened that I had no idea happened until James started laughing. But apparently, we're online to go to this movie. And as... You know, James kind of didn't want to see 21 Jump Street again, but he's like, ah, whatever, I'll go with, with, you know, Joe wants, you know, Joe's can't be home late and he wants to see it again. Joe wanted to see it again with me because he wanted, because when I laugh, folks, I like, I laugh where everybody around me feels me laughing. Like I, I hit the chair in front of me, like I jump around, like if something's really funny to me, I just, I lose my shit. So... Matt Reese wanted to take part in seeing that and there were some parts of the movie but I'll get to critiquing the movie in a second so we're online and James is kind of like half hearted about doing it but he's like I'll do it so I'm not even kidding as we're standing there and the guy is ripping our tickets and I did not even think about this I leaned over to James and I go listen man you know if you don't like the first half hour of this movie or if you don't feel like sitting in the first half hour of this movie again, just get up, walk out, and go into the movie Raid that's going to be a little later and I'll just meet you, you know? And I and James just starts laughing and I don't know why he's laughing. And I realize, he goes, dude, are you fucking serious? And then I realized I said that in front of the movie theater employee who's ripping tickets, and like in a movie, he just kind of looked at me and just like rolled his eyes and shook his head in disgust. Like, I'm thinking that for some reason that's okay. Like, you go into a movie, well, you're paying 11 fucking dollars and 50 cents or whatever it is, so I'm figuring, you go into the movie, 
Okay, you're not happy the first 20 minutes. A movie you really wanted to see is 20 minutes later. You walk out, you go into that one. I'm thinking that there's not a big deal with that. Apparently, that's really not um, movie theater ethics or ethical at all. So I said, fine. You know, my bad. The guy just rolled his eyes. Everybody's laughing about it, and I'm thinking, whatever. So they're like, ah, you're on, you know, you're on Red Bull. You don't know. You're just, you know, way too happy or, like, you know, in a good mood or too hyper. And, and, and I, that wasn't the case. I, to be honest with you, I was probably just not even thinking about what I was saying. Um, that was pretty funny, though. So then we go into the movie, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the movie. Um, I didn't, I, you know what? The first 35 minutes of it were really funny. I don't think the movie should have been called 21 Jump Street. It had really nothing to do with that. It could have been called something else and just been a different, you know, it didn't have to be 21 Jump Street, but Street at all. Um, first 30, 35 minutes laughing out loud, hitting the seat in front of me. Like there was some really, really funny parts about it. Um, especially when they were like getting their assignment to go undercover and try to, you know, unravel this drug ring. Uh, that was, you know, they were sending this drug to this high, this new drug to this high school that was making kids freak out. When they showed what the drug did to the kids, I was laughing really hard. There was definitely some, some funny scenes in it. But then it just got Hollywood silly. Things completely unrealistic, things that would totally never happen, but like silly, stupid, um, way overdone, and it just got immature and silly, and then I didn't like it anymore. So, um... You know, scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it maybe a 6 or a 7. Could have easily been, though, with like one or two adjustments. Could have went from like a 6 or a 7 to an 8 or a 9. But they just didn't do it. So if you see 21 Jump Street, let me know. I think that the movie didn't need to get silly. I thought that you had a perfectly good story. I thought the acting was pretty good. I thought the humor was great. I thought everything was there. And then it just had to get ridiculous. Like some of these movies do. Um, so that was my assessment of 21 Jump Street. But I will say this. I wasn't disappointed leaving there. And when I say that, I mean there were three or four times where I laughed so hard that those three or four laughs, even though they came early, was worth was worth the the movie for me. So it was not as... I mean, I tweeted that it was going to be one of the worst, and, and I got to say I was wrong with that, but it, it did get a little silly. But we all had a good time, and uh, Matt Arise fell asleep in the movie. That's what I... You know, he's older. He's got two kids. He's, you know, running ragged, and he's just... I just look over, and I think at one point he was snoring in the movie. And, <laughs> and James was just watching the movie. James was laughing, but I think he was pissed. Chris and I were the only two that didn't see the movie, and um, I think I feel like Chris's assessment. Well, we laughed at the same stuff. I don't know if you would agree with what I'm saying, but I feel like we laughed at the same, you know, same stuff, but not 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 great, not a great movie. I wanted to see Raid, uh, which I think I'm going to see tonight. I'm actually going to go tonight or tomorrow to see Raid. But Raid is this movie where like this elite team of cops goes into this apartment complex where there's a drug lord. And there's like fighting and beheadings and it just gets raw and fucking crazy. And there's like, you know, kung fu shit with guns and violence and there's torture. I mean, I'm all in for that. So you give me some um, candy and a Diet Coke and some torture, I'm in. You know, it's like, I don't know what it is. You're just fascinated by like, like I know that movie Hostel is just sick and sickening. But there's just something about, like, I can't turn away when somebody's just, like, tied up and a guy's standing in front of him with a chainsaw and the guy's crying. I don't know why I, I'm into that, but I am. So I think I'm going to check that out tonight. Um, okay, what else do we got here? 
So that was a movie review. Oh, I wanted to talk today. I never talked about this on the podcast. I wanted to talk about this today. I want to talk about tattoos. Okay? Tattoos, the appropriate place to put them, who should have them, who shouldn't have them, and what you should have. All right. Now, listen. Anybody who gets a tattoo, it's your business. You can put it wherever you want. It's your body. That's fine. Anybody tells you what to do with a tattoo or where you, what you should get, where you should go, you tell them to go fuck themselves. I totally get that. But... I just feel as I'm getting older, you know, I have a son, I have a daughter coming uh, in a couple weeks here. I think that there are certain mistakes that can be made with a tattoo that are just crucial. Now, in today's, you know, with today's technology, you could obviously get them removed, but you don't want to do that. It's painful. It's long. It's just like you got to make the decision. Now, I have one tattoo right now. I got it when I was 18 years old, and a few years ago, I, I had it redone. And it's just my initials. It's on my right arm, on the top right arm, and it's my initials in Old English writing, uh, PTV. Um, and I, you know, I was 18. I was drunk at a party, and I said to my buddy Keith, I said, tomorrow you want to go? He goes, we're definitely going to go tomorrow and get these tattoos. So we wake up. We're hungover. We're kind of laughing about it, like, oh, you still want to do it? You know, we kind of said we were going to. Yeah, let's still go. So he got some Chinese symbol on his ankle or, you know, on his leg, and I got this. Now, it started to, like, you know, that was when I was 18, started to fade a little bit. And I don't want to, like, a shitty-looking thing. And I'll never regret my initials. You're never going to regret your initials. I'm always going to be Paul Thomas Verzi. My initials on my arm, PTV. When I'm 80 years old, you know, uh, 90 years old, God willing, it'll be there. You know, I'll have my initials sitting there, and that's what it is. Um, so I had to get it darker because it was fading a little bit. But, and then I started watching the show, these tattoo artists, uh, Ink Masters and all this stuff. And it's amazing the work that they could do. But I was just thinking about tattoos because I was watching the NBA and I was watching the Knicks game. Big win by the Knicks uh, yesterday. I'll talk about that in a sec, uh, you know, later on in the show. But all these tattoos that these guys have down their whole arm, like smoke going down to their, you know, wrists. And they got, you know, they got fucking dragons holding swords and they they got like like a graveyard i just don't understand what i understand that it's an addiction but at what point do you look at yourself and you go like holy shit like my skin isn't my skin anymore you know i just feel you know that well fat people listen if you're fat if you're really fat, you shouldn't get a tattoo. Like your friends, if you get a if you get a tattoo and you're really fat, you either need to stay really fat or or you need to you need to lose the weight before you get the fucking tattoo. You know, cuz it's just going to be it's just going to be doesn't make any sense. You know, but get something that means something. If somebody dies, okay? I get that. To die, it's a memory thing. You know, you have kids, you want to put your kids around it. Like I'm thinking to add to my tattoo um you know, on my arm, like maybe my kids' initials or do something about my family and just get it all like done, you know, or just something that has to do with my life, you know, but I'm not going to do the whole like, oh, I got this over here. Now over here, I'm going to get like Betty Boop smoking a blunt. I just like, you ever see these fucking tough dudes with the silliest shit, you know, like Goofy is like on a surfboard, but like with a mean face. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. You're spending, first of all, a tattoo is painful and could take up to two, three hours. Okay, you're talking a minimum, if you get something a normal size, you're talking a minimum of two or three hundred dollars. You know, unless you get something tiny that's only like, you know. But, you know, with these artists today and how much better the the the, the tattoo artists are, you got to spend a lot of money for them. I'm thinking, get something that makes sense. 
get something that means something. Every time you look at it, you know, you're going to be like, yes. You know, and even for people, if you're really religious, you want to put a cross on there. That's fine. You know, if you want to, you know, put the, the you know, just a saying that you like. I'm even for that. Like, you know, there are some great quotes out there. You put a quote on your arm. It's something that will always make sense to you. I get that. But I just don't get like bullet hole wounds all over the arm with a smoke. You know, um, I have one friend. I'm not going to say his name, but it's 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 <laughs> it's a hilarious one. Uh, he has a leprechaun. <laughs> he has a leprechaun. And it was fucking really cool when he first got it. We were in high school. But he's got a leprechaun with like an evil face and a hat on and and holding a double barrel smoking shotgun. <laughs> and it's just it's actually cool and creepy, but I'm just thinking like later, I don't know like how do you what do you say to your daughter or your son if you just like a hey, um you know, dad, what's the what does that mean? <laughs> it's just like at that point you're just like I lost a bet. You know, <laughs> I lost a bet. I said I gotta keep it till I'm fifty. I'm getting rid of it. No, it's 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 just I just find I find certain tattoos fucking hilarious because they're gonna be on your body the rest of the the rest of your life. Let me know some of the funniest ones, and I'm serious. Email me, go to my Facebook, whatever, Twitter pic, you know, twit pics, whatever. Send me some of the funniest ones you've seen because I think of like a really bad tattoo or a ridiculous tattoo is hysterical to me. You know, like I remember, I remember one time I had a joke and it was so bad. I actually, for last comic standing, like season one or two, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like 23, 24 years old. I, I thought that I, you know, I was like getting laughs, but I just like the jokes were terrible. I remember I said something where like, and they were like, all right, thanks for that. I took a bus. I took a Greyhound bus to um, Boston at three o'clock in the morning and it got to Boston around like seven and then I stood online all day to get in front of these two people for Last Comic Standing, like season two. This is, oh my God, this is like literally 10 years ago. And I remember, I was like, I'm sick of people with stupid tattoos, you know? They got dragons with this, they got dragons with that. I was like, I want to see like an Ethiopian kid with like a loaf of bread on his arm. And I thought that that was, <laughs> and I guess it was funny for then. And right after I said that, and I said something else. I said something else, like another, you know, stupid race thing or something. And they were just like, okay, Paul, thanks for driving up. <laughs> that was the end of the audition. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to see like a fucking, you know, an Italian guy with a bowl of spaghetti twirling. Um, but, yeah, which is so funny when you look back. Looking back at old jokes and old clips of yourself is so horrifying when you see just how bad you were. Like if I go back even five years and I watch what I did, it's it's hard to it's hard because you just you had to evolve and you just look at stuff like that. But please send me the tattoo pictures, send me the funniest ones that you've ever seen. Um, I really don't understand them, and I really don't understand the thought process of. And some people say, well, it's an addiction. Why do people get tattoos all the time? Because you know they just want to keep growing the 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 art on their body. Um, but then there are people that do it so much that they run out of spaces on their body. And that's crazy to me. Like there are people that are in their 30s and 40s that they have no more room on their body. That's sick to me, man. Seriously. Like that's, you know, like what do you do? What do you even do? Like even sexually, what would you do if you were just like, 
with some chick who was covered up, and then all of a sudden she just took everything off, and like you couldn't even like she just had like looking like snakes and vines and everything. It would be like <laughs> it would just be weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I remember when I went to get my tattoo, the sign on the wall said, welcome to your new addiction. And my friend is like, you know, you're going to keep getting them. And I was like, no, I'm not. And look, to this day, I have one. And again, I am thinking about, you know, adding to it just because it's like this lonely three letters, but it'll make sense. And it'll be something that makes sense. And that I'm proud of the rest of my life instead of, you know, Snoopy skateboarding. (laughs) Uh... Tattoos fucking kill me, man. They kill me. Joan Rivers. I don't know if that was true. I think Joan Rivers got a tattoo. I was watching. Uh, I was watching a clip on her show where her she was like upset about getting old, and her friend and her took her to. She went to this uh, tattoo parlor in New York, and she got like a little symbol on her ass cheek. And I was like, good for her. And she was like screaming how much it hurt. And it was like the tiny littlest thing, but she did that. Um. Yeah, my my parents are like old school, like they don't like tattoos. I know a lot of people don't like tattoos. I don't mind them, but I just I have been watching a lot of NBA basketball, and I just been looking at these guys, and it's and you just say to yourself, what the fuck, you know? Like other than like, first of all, you're a professional athlete. You got to work out. You got to travel. Where are you getting time <laughs> to just have your arms draped with ink like that? And you're spending a shitload of money. Well, I guess the money doesn't matter, but. We're in a tattoo era, people. They got TV shows about tattoos. Uh, one place I don't think you should get a tattoo is on your neck. Just because you just look like you came from jail or you're going to jail. I don't like the neck tats. Um, because let's just say shit happens in your life and you eventually got to get a job. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just my brother-in-law's got like a bird on his on his neck. And he's got a couple of badass ones. He's got one where he's got like the American flag like flaming going down. It's pretty cool. He's got one. He's got like this train. He's into them and stuff. But one of these days I got to get somebody who with like a lot of tattoos on the show to just talk about it. Talk about the thought process. Because I'm not even trying to hate on him. I do find it funny. But I just think there's certain things. And women with tattoos, you can't, a woman with a tattoo like right over her ass, that's, that, that's got to be, that's got to be done or taken off. That's like 1998, 1999, and your kids are just going to know when you're 60 and they see you changing. They're going to be like, oh, my mother was one of those. (laughs) My mother was one of those fucking go to the beach and try to show off her back, you know, and now I'm nine years old. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Or like even, oh God, can you imagine if you were like 16 years old or 17 years old and you just saw your mom changing and you just saw she had one of those like back art things and you just like knew that like 16 years ago your mother was that woman. Oh my god, that's horrible. All right. So, send me the t- send me the funny ones. The funniest ones you could think of or if you don't have a picture, email me the funniest shit you've seen, the funniest thing you've seen on somebody's body tattoo-wise. Um, you know, and we'll uh, and I'll I'll talk about it. I'll actually talk about um, I'll shout you out on the podcast. I will say your name and I will say what the picture is and the really funny ones I'm gonna post up on my Facebook and on my Twitter. Um, and uh, we, we you know we could have a laugh about it like that. But get something that makes sense. Uh, I'll take a picture of my new when I get a new one with my kids or whatever I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna take a picture of it and uh, I'll post it up. Not that anybody gives a shit. Okay, what else do we have here? I'm, I'm looking for a new car. So all you car shoppers out there, I'm going to teach you something now, okay? 
I think that I'm the best at buying a car. I think that I give these people, I teach these people such a lesson. Listen, we're all getting fucked. Okay, that that goes without saying. You're getting fucked. I mean, nobody's going to give you a car with a deal that's so good that they're truly losing money and you're like, oh my God, I just, they're not, it's not going to happen. They're going to tell you what, but the funniest thing is like, oh, I'm not making anything on the car. You know, what am I going to make? A hundred dollars in the car. That's all bullshit. They all lie to you. When you go to a car dealership, they lie to you. Even the nice guys, oh no, but Jim and I have been talking. Jim's a fucking liar. Okay. Jim knows how to do this. Jim and the other guy go back. I know people that worked in a business. They have thousands and thousands of dollars to, to work with. So I am trying to get a new car. Okay, right now I'm driving a 2010 uh, Toyota Camry and my lease is going to be up and I like to lease a new car every three years. I like to be in something new. Um, I get tired of a car after three years. So I didn't know, should I go German? I, I, I kind of want to keep the payments, you know, not crazy. Um, so I'm thinking, what do I get? I like I like cars. Cars, I, I'm weird. Like now that I'm getting a little older, I'm starting to like cars more. I'm watching the commercials and I'm like, oh, I like the way they redesigned that. I like that. I love this whole, I'm really simple with a car. Like I like cars that are quiet. I like cars that, you know, have a lot of pickup. You know, now they have this like extra quiet glass where the fucking car is. So when I see that, I'm all into it. I know, I'm fucking nuts. Um, so I'm looking at a few cars. Um, you know, I've been going to Toyota. I've been going to Nissan. Yesterday I went into Chevy. I'm looking for a you know specific type of car. I like dark color cars. I want either like the darkest gray or black. I think the next car I'm going to get is black. But here's what ha- here's what happens. I go in there yesterday. I go to Chevy yesterday, and I'm talking to the guy, and I'm like, "Listen, I like this car. Uh, here's what I want my payments to be. Uh, here's what my payments are now. I want it to be similar." And then they always do the thing where they're like, "All right, um, I'll see what I could do. I'm gonna do the best I can for you. You know, I'm not gonna promise you anything, but we're gonna get it to the lowest." And it comes back. It comes back like fifty six dollars higher than I want to pay. And they said, "Well, you know, with this, I can't." You know, I'm trying. I mean, this is going to be really tough if I could get it to there. I think I can. And I'm just looking at the guy, and I'm just sizing the guy up. And in my mind, I'm going, I can literally get this car for seventy dollars less a month if I if I really wanted to wanted to. And you know, but the thing is, and you have to have discipline. See, this is where this is where I think um, people shop for cars are smarter. And and the people that that are impatient are dumber. You have to be able to walk out. And you have to say, listen, I'm sorry. I am sorry, but I, I really, I will buy the car today. That's a big thing I say to people, okay? The, the big, I will sit down with a guy, I'll look him in the face and go, dude, I will buy the car today. And I'm, and I'm really not lying. If they come with the number I want, I'm not going to the dealership to sit there and say, oh, you know, I'm going to wait six months. You go into the dealership, I'll buy the fucking car today. I swear to God, I, one time I told the guy, I go, look, I looked him right in the face. It was hilarious. I go, dude, I will buy the car today. If you make it work number wise. Now they think that that's a game. And a lot of times with people it is. With me it's not. The majority of people that go into a dealership the first time. Probably aren't going to buy the car then and there. I will. That's what I do. I go into the shit and I'm like listen. I know what I want to get. And I just want to get this over with. I don't want to lag it out. They think I'm full of shit and I'm doing it for the number. So here's what I do. Okay. I go there and I say. I'm sorry. Um, This number is not. You know I told you. I told you that I, this is not what I want. One time a guy came back with $100 more. 
Now I have had my 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 you know I've been called on my bluff, or or somebody called me out and was like, yeah, well, no, you're not, you're not, uh, we can't do that, sorry, but I, I'm busy now, so other people want to buy, you know, and you're like, oh, that happens sometimes, but. But that's stupid because I would have, you know, it was just such a busy dealership and everybody wanted, especially Toyota. Toyota's tough. You know, Toyota Camry's, I'll tell you right now, Toyota Camry 2010, this car is the best car I've ever driven by far. It drives like a Lexus. It's, um, as a matter of fact, Lexus and Toyota are the same company. So it's basically like the base model of the, uh, you know, the Lexus, uh, what is it, the 250 or, or 350 something? You know, it's just without all the bells and whistles. The car drives better than any car. Smooth as hell. Um, I love the car. I love the car. Best car I ever had. So they know, like, at Toyota, certain cars are just going to, like, be like, this is the bottom line. But you got to find out when the time to buy is. They like to make their number by the end of the month. Um, you got to, you know, during slow periods, like if you buy, like, in the winter or right when it starts to get a little warmer, they want to make their sales. So you go in there. And you tell them what your bottom line is, and they come back with a higher number, and you say, "Sir, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to probably go somewhere else. I will buy the car today if this number makes sense, but I have to walk out." And you walk out, you leave. They have your email, they have your phone number. Okay, go to another dealership that day if you're really serious. Tell them what you just told that first dealership. I told the guy. I told the guy I would buy a car right now. Okay, I told him I'm serious. And if you can make that number happen, I will not leave this dealership without purchasing a car from you. What's going to happen is I promise you nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, the first dealership called you back. And that's when you say, I swear to God, I've had it happen. I've, I was at a place one time where I said, this is what I want. I want to buy a Chevy Impala back in the day. I said, I'll buy the Chevy Impala for, um, you know, whatever. I want to spend, what let, let's say $300 a month or I want to get it or, you know. And he's like, no, that's just impossible. I can't do it. Manager came out all tough. I said, all right, fuck you. I'm out. I left that day. Somebody else called me going, the manager really screwed up. We could have done it for this. And I, it was even lower than I wanted. I could have got it. And I, and I said to them, and it was true. I wasn't lying. I said, I'm signing papers on another car as we speak. I'm sorry. And then the dickhead in me drove to the first place and said, I would have done it. I'm sorry. I just want to let you know that your manager made a very big mistake. And I would have bought the car and you lost the sale because of it. I know that I, that I took it to the next level. I didn't need to do it, but I kind of did because that's, that's how I roll. You know, spiteful people. I got to let people know. You fuck me over, you're going you're gonna to pay. No, it was more of the thing where the guy, the first guy actually took me for a drive and like was really cool. He was a younger kid and I did feel bad. So I did talk to him and he was like, yeah, I know they messed up. And I said, yeah, they did mess up. And guess what, everybody? That Chevy dealership is no longer in business. They went out of business. Probably because they have fucking stupid people like that manager who wasn't realizing that somebody walked into the dealership and said, um, you know, I'll buy the car today. So so let's recap this. I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to help my, uh, my Verzi Effect listeners on their next car purchase. You go in when you know what you want. You tell them what you want. You tell them what you want the payment to be. Don't budge from it. Unless you really love the car, maybe 5 to $10 a month tops. But you say, this is what your range is. This is what you want to put down. Also, don't put money down on a lease. Okay? If you put money down on a lease and something happens to the car, you wasted that money. Don't ever put money down on a lease unless it's just a tax, tags, DMV shit. That's it. Okay? As little as possible on the lease. 
and get the payment down to as little as possible. Now, if you're buying a car, that's different. Math is math. You got to set the car on a certain price and then you basically got to make the payments on it. But I'm, I'm kind of talking more about the lease. They have a lot of numbers to play with. It's all bullshit. So you just got to be, you got to be really serious with what you do. Um, now I had, and again, I had this guy call me up and go, Paul, I really want to do it. I just can't make that number work. And when they do that, that's what they do, but they kind of can. And, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta just find the right thing and be able to walk out when it's time to walk out. You know, then there's some people that buy a car and they're just like, I don't care, whatever it is. Let's just stick a price. Let's just get the payments. I want to get out of here. They're really not good at it. I like beating them up just because I know what they do. Uh, I'm at, as a matter of fact, after this podcast, I'm probably going to go to another dealership and say, this is what I want to get. But I have months, months left on my uh, lease. So I want another dealership to buy it out because I'm getting tired of being in it. Um, I'm liking, I, I don't know if I'm going to go hybrid just because I saw one of the hybrids and it was only like nine more miles to the gallon. And I know that's like, but that's like, I'm not going to spend an extra five grand on a car if something is 35 and then I don't want to spend an extra five grand because the the hybrid will give you 44 highway. I just don't think that that's, I don't care. Like if I like a car, I'm going to like a car. Gas is expensive anyway. It's going to go up and down. Um, I'm talking to the microphone like I'm it's like somebody's arguing with me. All right, enough about cars and tattoos. I'm going to get a big-ass tattoo. I'm going to get a big bird on my neck, and I'm going to be driving some fucking car that I'm paying more for. And this whole podcast, I'm just going to be a big hypocrite. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of a big bird head on my neck, and I'm going to be driving something where I'm paying like $150 or more. And you guys are going to go, yeah, I listened to number 58, your podcast, and you just talked shit, you liar. Um, maybe I'm talking this to you guys because I'm just making myself not do something stupid. Who knows? Sports. Let's get into sports. Uh, the New York Knicks last night, huge game against Milwaukee. Uh, they were only a half game up on Milwaukee going into that game. Now it's almost a full two games, I think, in their loss column. So the Knicks look like they could hold on to the eighth spot and they'll be playing the Bulls. It looks like. There's still, I think, like 11 games left, but it looks like unless they completely implode, it looks like the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. And it was the Nick games that get close are so emotionally draining that even when they win, I can't even believe they won because I'm so used to being emotionally um, into it and they lose. I'm so used to just committing emotionally and then they lose that when they win, I just the next day I'm like, I can't believe they lost. Oh, wait, no, they won. I did that today. I couldn't even believe that they won the game. But they fought hard. They were down. They came back. Carmelo Anthony's different player uh, since this guy's left, man. He's he's averaging like 35. The more I watch him, the more I realize that guy really is awesome. He just needs, you know, typical athlete. He just needs to be in the right situation. Um, the Yankees bounce back from getting swept by the Rays the first three games of the season. Then they come back and they sweep the Orioles, and now they are three games. I got to tell you, though, I could give a shit about baseball right now. The Knicks are in it. They're in the hunt. NBA's on. The first few games, the first month of baseball is just fucking horrible. I can't even watch it. I was trying to go back and forth to Yankees and Knicks to see who was winning, and then I got to the point where I'm going, why do I give a shit what's going on right now in this baseball game? The Yankees are in Baltimore, and it's the sixth game. There's 158 games left. Why am I watching this? And I just totally committed to the Knicks. I don't know. Baseball's just getting old to me. 
just getting old and long until until August. You know, I know I'm going to get a pair of tickets and go and be like, oh, I'm fucking back in. But I just feel that it's, it's, I don't know, just a fucking pitch. They say the same shit. The announcers say the same shit. You know, I'll tell you, he's had a bad, had a bad spring training. But I, this guy, you know, right now he's, he's ready for the season. He's in the best shape of his life. You know, well, he lost that 15 pounds in the offseason, which really, uh, hell, here's a 2-2 two, two pitch. Oh, well. That swing, he just missed it. That swing, he just missed it. I'll tell you, I'm, I think I think this guy's going to have a big year. Then the next guy. This guy's been struggling. I'll tell you, he needs to have a bounce-back year. He needs to have a bounce-back year. Last year, it was tough. You know, he had that thing happen with his father, which would be tough on anybody. But they're really looking to, they're really looking to see if he could bounce back this year. Um, the pitch, uh, foul, foul ball. So, um Anyway, yeah, the Tigers were looking at him, and, they, you know, they let him go, and sure enough, the ma- it's just it's the same fucking thing over and over, you know? I'm just waiting for one of the guys to go, I can't fucking do this anymore. I'm sorry. I just can't. There's only so many balls and strikes I could look at. Folks at home listening, everybody, I'm sorry. I'm retiring right now on the air. I can't believe that I made you guys <laughs> listen to my voice the last 23 years. Um, I'm, I'm going home. This is... How many times can they say the 3-2 pitch is up and outside? He walked them. Like, I don't know how many times. I just go to the Yankee games. I see what Robinson Cano did, and I leave. Uh, I was doing an impression. I was doing an impression <laughs> of a Spanish guy. I'm in a goofy mood. I'm in a goofy mood today. Um, so, I'll give you guys the goofy mood. I was... Um, just doing an impression of a Spanish gambler, <laughs> and I just I don't know like I was just like kind of just thinking like what how a Spanish gambler would would sound, and if I was like an American bookie listening to the Spanish gambler places bet, I would fucking lose it. Like if they were just like, I think I like the uh, the uh, the uh, Oklahoma Sooners to cover the spray. I like the Oklahoma Sooners to cover this spray, and he say one hundred American dollar. Is this okay? <laughs> I don't know why I've been doing that all day, and I just have fun saying Oklahoma Sooners to cover this spray. Um, I I got that from um I was in a hotel, and I was it was a brand new hotel. And they're like, you know, they had like the whatever, the bellhop got a guy that comes with you up and down with your bags and shit. And he's a Spanish dude. And I was like, oh, it's a nice hotel. When did they build? He's like, oh, it's a brand new. They built in uh, 2010. <laughs> it sounds like 2010 he built it. I used to sell uh, cable door to door in Queens. Phone cable and internet in Queens when I was like 21 years old. I just started doing like open mics and bringer shows. And I remember I was selling, and I was like, yeah, you know, and he was like, I was like, yeah, we got all the HBOs, and the Spanish guy was like, oh, HBO, I like that one. The Oklahoma Sooners to cover the spray. What's the spray, three and a half? Oh, I'd like it at three, but I'd take it at three and a half. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's it, for, that's it for sports, everybody. We're 40 minutes in here, and uh, I'm acting really goofy on this one. Um. Unacceptable for the week. Oh, this pisses me off. This will take me out of my goofy, happy mood right now. This Alicia Silverstone bitch fucking feeding her kid 
out of her mouth like that. That is the for her to even do. Let me tell you something. All right, for her to even fucking try to defend that and act like it's a normal technique. Really, is it a normal technique? How come I've seen all these other people my whole fucking life? I never saw that once. It's normal. Yeah, it's normal for fucking whack jobs who think it's normal. That's who it's normal for. You don't chew up your food and have your son open it and spit it in his mouth with your saliva and your teeth marks all over. It's fucking disgusting. It's unnatural. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, birds do... You're not a bird. You fucking moron. You're a bad actress. That's what you are. I, I don't get it. It's, it's so ridiculous to me. And, I, and I'll tell you something. She's been out of the spotlight. I wouldn't be surprised if she was doing this to get some attention. Now her name is... her name. Alicia Silverstone's name is back in the news because she feeds her son out of her mouth with her foot like a bird. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Anybody who defends it is unacceptable. This is probably... This unacceptable gets a star next to it. That's how un- fucking unacceptable it is. Give me a break. You're chewing your food and then you're having your son open his mouth and you drip it his mouth. I'm getting sick even thinking about it. I got to go eat lunch after this podcast. It's ridiculous. Nobody did that. Listen, you want to breastfeed in public? Fine. That's fucking normal. When they say, oh, that's normal, that's natural. That's natural. Okay, that's what people do. They don't chew up their food and dump it in their son's mouth. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Fucking disgusting. Stupid. Stupid Hollywood bullshit. This chick is trying to get her name in the thing. You know, how about you tell your kid, you, you teach a kid how to use a knife and fork to cut his own shit and eat it. Cut your own steak, son. Twirl the, twirl the spaghetti, son. Put it in your mouth. I'm not going to chew my food and spit it in your mouth like we're living in a nest on top of a oak. Ugh. Unacceptable. There's nothing else to say about it. It's stupid. It's silly. Oh, my. It, unacceptable for the week is this chick feeding her son like that. Ugh, and they keep talking about it. That's what they—that's what I don't understand. The media keeps talking about it, defending it, showing her stupid face on TV. Don't even show it. There's a reason why she knew that that was being filmed. She knew it was going to be out there. Don't give her that. It's crazy. I swear to God, man. People are so fucked up in this country. People are so stupid, and people are just so so easily led into thinking something. Now what's going to happen? You can have other people do watch. You're going to have other people doing it now. No, no, it's not that bad. It's, it's fucking stupid. All right. That's unacceptable for the week. Sorry that I went a little crazy. Okay, plugs for the week. This podcast went fast. It went fast because I ranted and I yelled and I laughed. In 2010, this is episode of Diversity Effect, the podcast show episode number 58. 58. 2012, I'm sorry. Wasn't Pacino so good in Scarface? Pacino really, I really thought he was like a Spanish dude, like in Scarface. That's how good he was. Um, all right, plugs for the week. Tonight, and I'll actually have this podcast posted up soon. Tonight, I am going back to Levity Live um, for a regular spot that I will be doing there. Um... On the Jessica Kirsten show. Jessica Kirsten will be there tonight uh, doing a show. And uh, I will be doing 15 minutes on that show. Should be a great time. And I'm going to eat a meatball, people. Levity Live, West Nyack, New York, 8 o'clock tonight. If you hear this within the next hour or so, you'll have like three or four hours to get there. Um, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, tomorrow and Saturday, I will be at the always 
entertaining. Wisecrackers Comedy Club in Scranton, Pennsylvania. 9 o'clock Friday, 9 o'clock Saturday. That is tomorrow. So tonight is levity. Tomorrow and Saturday are Wisecrackers in Scranton, PA. Um, Then next week, folks, I am going out to California. Going back to Cali um, to shoot more of the documentary movie. I will be having some very, very special people in this movie. Um, some very big names in the movie, and it's going to be something that I think I'm putting together one of the best comedy documentaries that are going to be that's going to be uh, that's going to be out there. I'm there. I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that pressure. Um, we had some great things. We we did some filming with some people that already looks great. I'm going to be out there doing that. I'm also going to be running around doing some spots. Um, I will be performing um, at the uh, improv in Irvine, California on uh, Tuesday, April 24th. And I'm actually going to be doing some other shows. I got some other uh, things in the works, but nothing is confirmed. That's why it's not on the website yet. And that's why I have not posted it, but I'll be out in the California area, Los Angeles doing a bunch of stuff. So check, uh, check out my postings for that. And, uh, please don't forget, uh, oh, me and Matt Arise, we're going to be at the university of Delaware on the 17th of April. That's before I go out to California. Um, and please, if you are in the area, if you are local, I'm going to be headlining Levity Live May 17th, one of the best, hottest new clubs in the country, amazing sound system, amazing stage, amazing food, West Nyack, New York, it's located in the Palisades Mall, it's so fucking nice that you can't even believe it's located in a mall, um, please come out to that, May 17th. Uh, I will do everything in my power to not disappoint you. I will be doing uh, a bunch of new material. And uh, if that's a place where you want to see, if you wanted to see me and you have not seen me, you wanted to see me local, I will keep plugging the shit out of this. May 17th, get your tickets. I'm trying to sell this bitch out on a Thursday. They say it can't be done. I say it can be. So let's make that happen. Uh, All right. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast. Uh, episode number 58 next week April 19th I will be with my guest uh, the very funny Danny LaBelle check that out and um, until then I will see everybody soon thank you for listening keep the comments coming spread the word the Verzi Effect 2012